It's time to take off your pants and podcast. We are the Amateur Skeptics. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. And we're ready to get this train wreck away from the station. <laughs> and Mad Cat. Hello, and it is a train wreck, that's for darn sure. <laughs> and the dumbass himself. It's here to keep you abreast of the situation. Yeah, see? That's the only one that's relevant to tonight's stories. We're not talking about trains <laughs> at all. But breasts? Abreasted. They will come up. How's everybody doing this evening? Doing pretty good. Doing okay. Went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp today. Oh, how'd that go? Did you? Very good film. Very, very enjoyable. Um, maybe even a little more enjoyable than the first one, which was pretty damn enjoyable anyway. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun. Did Wasp beat the crud out of him or something? Hmm? Janet um, well, You remember the first movie? Um, at the end of the first movie, he showed Hope her her suit. Yes. So Janet basically, Sundang. yep. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoiler it, but it was definitely worth seeing. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. Ian, I'm just hoping that she's as tough as she was in the first one. You're talking about Hope? Oh, she's definitely as tough. Oh, or, right. Or it's it's hope because Janet's in the multiverse, multi, yep. uh, whatever verse, anyway. quantum quantum universe, right? Quantum realm. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So Ian is at Myth, Myths and Legend Con this today, and so he's not joining us. But he did want us to re, to remind everybody he wanted us to hawk his book for him, and he's not here. So we're gonna leave it to uh, I, I don't know, uh, Mad Cat and Dumbass. Or are you hawking the book? We're hawking it. <laughs> All right. Let's let's have it. Let's have the pitch. Yeah. We neither, we... neither of us have read it. Okay, good. Uh, good. I th- said, it says his new story, so is a, I guess it's a part of a story, but... It's, so it's, Wait, it's there's it's a called... link here. We yeah. could at least look at the link, shouldn't we? Yes, the yeah, path to a new life. No, I refuse to look at the link. I am just I'm just going to go off the top of my, my head. The, it's called A Path to a New Life, so okay. it's about a path. Okay. Yep, and um, it, the picture looks like uh, back backyards in uh, Michigan. So it's a path to Michigan. Yeah, okay, so path to Michigan. It's sensual, okay. it's dirty, and it's a comedy. Yeah? And broken down. <laughs> it looks broken down, but it's a dollar forty nine uh, American. American. It's American. And he writes very well, so American. Yeah, it's American. 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 All right. Okay. So then it's time to move on. What do we have to do? Yes. Mad Cat. What time is it for? What time is it? Oh, what yes. time is it for? What time is it? It is Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. Oh, man. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Intro is worth every penny I pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. Stay away from masturbation. Cleric cautions youths. Okay. So this is this this I mean, this isn't really new. We have we have another Christian pastor who's telling youths that they that they need to, to not masturbate and, and he's and he gives suggestions, you know, on how to how to prevent this. But interestingly enough, he, he he goes far as far as conflating addictions to masturbating with addictions to gambling. And I don't know about you guys, but they, can, can you conflate those two? 
Uh, no, actually, I think it's less of a gamble for masturbation than <laughs> actually going out and having sex with other people. Well, there you go, right? I mean, that, that's a really good point. And, you know, and we, we've, we've uh, kind of promoted it, you know, that way is a, is a safe form of sex, right? And I think we'll be talking about this a little later, but, you know, like addiction, it's kind of nebulous to just talk about, like, especially if you're not a mental health professional. Right. Like you talk about, well, there are a lot of activities that you can engage in that can be addictive that but uh, that don't get addictive like gambling is one of those things too there are a lot of people who will buy the occasional lottery ticket yeah so according and, and to it, it doesn't get to the point where it's an addiction for them no buying um, one occasionally people, yeah. people yeah, and people can of course get in unhealthy uh addiction to like they they can like uh masturbate uh more than is healthy for them and like neglect other parts of their lives that that's the kind of thing that can happen right but um, usually that's not because of like sexual addiction usually that stems from something else you when you know it's not that not that though that we can't have problems that are, are associated with masturbation right that are maybe an um, addiction or a social stimuli but it's usually you know depression or it's usually something else that and and this master the over masturbation is oftentimes probably a symptom yeah, yeah the I, point like is to- it's not Oh, go ahead. I'd like to point out that there are there's any behavior can become addictive if done to extreme. There are people who have died of supposedly healthy behaviors because they became too obsessive about them. Mm-hmm. Sure, but usually the, there's yeah. a there's an over you know an overarching cause right that, that yeah, behind it's that. It's not the activity itself that is right. addicting. It's, uh, you know, d- different people can uh, can become. Uh, I'm not even sure if addicted is the right word, but they, they can do certain things to excess and detriment of themselves that have certain issues that they need to address. Right. And, and as we've said before, it's not in the DSM, right? Usually when people are having – boy, there's a lot of background noise. Mac, do you have a fan on? Hmm? Does somebody have a fan on? I just turned off the fan. Ah, there it was. Mm. <clears throat> Which is a great sacrifice, I might add. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so, but it, it, anyway, so he says, according to Colwell, Col, Col, Wall, I don't know, masturbation Col, is... Colowall, he Colowall. said. Colowall, I'm guessing. Um, this this story came, comes out of Abuja. Yeah, this is, yeah, so this is not, um, this is not an American story. Masturbation is, a, is sexual stimulation of one's genitals for sexual arousement or derive derive other sexual pleasures, usually to the point of orgasm. I think most of us know what masturbation means. Right, exactly. If it, and it, and really, if if you're not doing it to the point of orgasm, are you doing it right? I mean, maybe that maybe there's times when you don't. There, it depends you know. on your definition, but you know, like they've they've taken pictures of fetuses in the womb uh, manipulating their genitals, not of course to the point of orgasm, but they've called that masturbation. Sure. You know, here he says masturbation or any form of addiction is very dangerous to youths. Well, I don't think anybody would disagree with that, right? Drug problems. But he's instantly he's instantly tagging masturbation as being an addiction. Right. Exactly. That's where the thing is coming from. Here, here's the thing that the, the one thing that. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, even even like when it comes to, and we'll be talking about this later too. When it comes to drugs, you know, like having a drink. As a, as a, as a youth is considered a problem. As an adult, having one drink is not considered a problem. So 
but to to automatically go to masturbation being you know being a problem you know they're they're i think they're suggesting that even masturbating once is a problem right right they're 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 not talking about chronic masturbation here they're talking about any masturbation yeah yeah pretty much well the one thing that strikes me about this uh i remember we uh did an episode before where we looked at um uh, those depictions from like the 1800s of uh, the the health effects that you could have from masturbation, like getting uh, just like um, uh, really thin, gaunt, and uh, well, that's very sick. That's because of depletion of the body's semen. Yes, yes, uh, vital bodily <laughs> fluids. Yes, you can't really do that this today, this day and age, without looking silly or make the same kinds of claims. And it seems to me just looking through this, that claims that they're trying to make are similarly vague about right. it will have health consequences, but they're not willing to put their, uh, their penny in and say, it, it'll, um, it'll have these health consequences because people can say, uh, can just go to the scientific literature and say, no, it really doesn't have those kinds of consequences. Right. They buy more Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, one of the they go back. Of course, they have to go back to the Bible here. Um, that says the Bible says an idle man is the devil's work workshop. So use that's me. That's not correct. correct. Well, that's I, not correct. It's an idle hand is the devil's workshop. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, his hands aren't idle. Yes, but I have to read it the way that it says it. I'm quoting the article. Yes, it's wrong. Okay. I, I got it. <laughs> so so you just need to engage in activities that will. Take their mind away from things they are addicted to. Now, I'll tell you what. No matter how busy I was, I always would find time to masturbate as a teen. You just set time aside for it. It's just that important. You can do it right before you go to sleep. Right. But, but they're, but you know, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. Keep, keep these people busy so they can't masturbate. But yeah, he messes up the Bible quote. The Bible says an idle man is the devil's workshop. And it's, it, what is the actual? What was the Bible actually? Idle say? hands are the devil's, or idle hands are the devil's playground. Playground, right? Yeah, yeah. So it goes on, and okay, so this is there's nothing new for us here, right? But but the comments, the the comments for the most part take him to task, and this first one got to me. Um, yeah. So what? So what's the alternative? Start raping women? Okay. It. Yeah, that, that, I, I could. I saw that one too. Yeah. The the cleric is a fool. No no medical findings have suggested masturbation is bad a bad thing. By the way, men and women masturbate. So I mean, so most and most of the comments are are basically you know telling him that he's ridiculous, right? And there's a few that try to defend him, but for the most part, I I think for the most part, people don't think that most people don't think masturbation is bad. It, it takes it takes severe religious beliefs to to come to that conclusion. I do object to the like. There are a couple of people who made uh, the thing, uh, the one you just said about um, the what's the alternative? Start raping women? Yeah, I, yeah, thinking, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, that that's you know that there those aren't the only two options. Well, but it's engaging in no. hyperbole too, right? I mean, it, it's There's just going to the too. extremes. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> Did she say choking? <clears throat> she, she said there's children too. Oh, there's yeah. I mean. What's the alternative? Yeah, if you want to go into vague, vague references, a lot of priests and such have been accused of I mean, raping children. So yeah, that wasn't vague. That wasn't vague. That wasn't vague. That was. That was I mean, pretty specific. I, I think it's pre- it's pretty clearly the case that uh, if uh, you don't have an outlet for your, like, don't have an approved outlet for your uh, 
sexual energies, you might find uh, an unapproved one. But, you know, I, sure. I think it, I think people can still have a measure of self-control, even if they don't masturbate that. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not a thing that this is the only alternative. But so like the, right. I think it's kind of ridiculous to put that in because people can bring that up. But uh, are you saying that's the only other alternative? And so like, I, I mean, don't think it that's is a, a, I think a that strong it, argument. It isn't a strong argument. Right. Because I think that. I think it's a fact that the only alternative to masturbation is autoerotic asphyxiation. Right. Right. I think we all know that. So you've either got to masturbate or choke yourself. <laughs> yeah. Choke so, your chicken oh. or choke yourself. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> choke your chicken or choke yourself. I think that, I think that, I, I, I think that's the only option. So yeah, but most of the comments don't go that far, right? Most of them just, you know, I, I mean, but yeah, you're right. The, the, the idea that the only, the only alternative is to rape. And actually, it's engaging the same kind of scare tactics that that the the guy who wrote the book is engaging in too. Pretty much. I mean, their their only argument that they can really stand by is saying, "Oh, God doesn't like it." Well, yeah. I mean, th- I think that's the only real objection to masturbation. Yeah. Well, there's well, there a reference article, to. I was going to say there's an article at the bottom here that is a connected article that says that uh, the uh, cleric urges unmarried youths to shun fornication. Or unmarried and youths to shun fornication, so you you, you can't get it anyway. No <laughs> masturbation, no fornication, uh, anything that ends with Asian is probably to be avoided. Like liberation. Well, yep. yeah, yeah, that is especially okay. Uh, all right, hey, we 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 don't have a we don't have a bigot or a jackass. We don't have a what the fuck you thinking. We're going right to victories for common sense. Isn't that Good sweet? Week. Good week. So, well, no. We just didn't try hard enough. I bet you, if I go to Right Wing Watch right now, we can find the, we we can find a bigot. Believe me, oh, somebody yeah. said something Very stupid. Easy. Trump said something stupid. We just we just ignored it. This uh, you you can't hit a you can't throw a rock without hitting an article about Trump saying something stupid. Exactly. So There's we're not we're not. That, that is the very definition of, of low hanging fruit. <laughs> that's that's my point. We're we're taking a mental health week and we're skipping him. Sounds good to me. So. Chrissy Teigen shuts down trolls for shaming her breastfeeding photo. Do you guys see the photo? Yeah. yeah. It's breastfeeding. I haven't seen it yet. Let me have a look. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> so Chrissy Teigen put up this photo of her breastfeeding her new infant and her um, her other child whose name is here somewhere. No, no. She's not breastfeeding the other child. The other child came a- up to her and asked her to breastfeed her. No, no, no. no. Her she- doll. While she was breastfeeding the the other new infant, so Chrissy right, says, "I think I have twins." She's breastfeeding a baby, a right. baby doll, right? And an, and a real baby. She's doing yep. both. Yes, right. So she says, and she so she put it up, and she says, uh, "Luna makes me feed her doll, her baby doll." So I guess I have twins now. Yes, yeah. cute little photo. It's a, it's a, it is actually a pretty cute picture. Yeah, and uh, so of course you know the trolls come out and start shaming Chrissy Teigen. Why would you post this? Well, I, I for one, like the photo. I, I'm well, guessing there's nothing wrong with it. I'm guessing that she's proud of her family life. That is, would be that, nice is that the whole photo? The way it's cut off. There? That's it, right there. That's the photo. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, the whole photo. Yeah, showing, not showing more skin than you'd see in pretty much anything else. Is you could be wearing a a uh, low cut dress. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there's, there's, I mean, it, or here's a the thing. There, there's, yeah. there's probably not very many bad photos of Chrissy Teigen. Okay. She's a pretty woman. She is a so, but so um, just because it's normal doesn't mean the Blanche. world wants to see it. Just just saying, um, just because uh, you can 
doesn't mean everyone wants to see it. Cover up, please. So, uh, the whole photo, no. I scroll down, I see the whole photo. Yeah, it, uh, you can see the kid and everything in there. Yeah, yeah. you can see her legs. I mean, she's, she's for the most yeah. part covered. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Yeah. Even, it, even if she decided to put up a nude photo, I'm not going to shame her anyway, right? So I'm the, I mean, breastfeed, whatever you want to do, <clears throat> I don't care. Yeah. Who is Chrissy Teigen? Is she an actress or something? Yeah, she's, she's a model. She's a model. And she, she's, uh, she's married to John Legend. Right, so. Yeah. Okay. But she's wicked smart. And, she, and she's really good at cutting trolls down. So there's one here. It says, um, isn't anything private anymore? And Chrissy says, uh, just your account. <laughs> okay. But anyway, yep. so she's good at fighting back against the trolls. She you know, she doesn't. And she put it on Twitter to pee people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So since she already knew it was making people mad, she puts it up on Twitter. <laughs> yep. My biggest problem with the photo is that her daughter is damn lady. Uh, let me tell you something. When my mom would breastfeed my sister, I would go get my little baby Joey doll and put it up to my nipple myself. I would. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask my mom to feed my baby Joey for me. You do it yourself. Yeah. So you, right. So you're mad at the kid here for not for not but, for not doing her duty. La- lazy ass kid. Ugh. <laughs> she should be feeding her own baby doll. Yeah, but you know what? Send the your doll hate mail. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna eat much. <laughs> I saw a picture. Um, I saw a picture a couple of days ago of a lady breastfeeding, except she had on her baby a white knitted cap with a pink top. Picture that in your mind. The yellow cap uh-huh. with the. <laughs> All right, get over it, guys. <laughs> so here, so so Madcap put in here the weird and wonderful history of breastfeeding. What do you got for me here? What I've got for you is. Uh... Well, the weird and wonderful breastfeeding is basically about the past and how um, women had uh, breastfed in the past and how they had also uh, used alternatives to breastfeeding. Maybe their boobies were tired or sore or at some point of time in history as well, like Egyptian, uh, Byzantine and such. They had different concerns about breastfeeding as well. So there's differences in how they did things for instance in europe they discovered parents who chose to feed their infants using terracotta pots with log spouts sometimes so making essentially uh, a um a a bottle of sorts yeah they okay. they made bottles as well i mean sure you gotta uh uh people look at it as being a complete alternative uh to breastfeeding as opposed to a supplement however yeah, it could okay. be something which is also a uh, um, used with it or children who have lost their mothers, mm. considering how much uh, childbirth is so safe. Uh, <laughs> there would have been people who had died from it. Right. But, uh, you know, other people may not have been able to feed them. And it uh, goes through the wet nursing and artificial methods that were used not uh in depth towards it but a slight bit of information here and there so it says 1900s um formula was created and then for Mm -hmm. a long time it was it was used the people were turning the formula and then it then breastfeeding made a recurrence in the 1970s yeah um that's a lot of a lot of times it seems that it uh Breastfeeding goes through ups and downs in uh, how much the society actually accepts it. 
and how much people find it as being a fad. Okay. Which is really weird considering the factor it's uh, it's a natural process. Well, yeah, but um, but to some women it's not either. Mac, what were you going to say, Mac? What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that it it comes in and out of favor as new information comes up. Like right now, breastfeeding we're being we're being told breastfeeding helps you get your helps you get your figure back after pregnancy and helps you also overcome uh, the postpartum blues and things like that. Yeah, we're seeing some information that that may suggest that. I don't know how good that research is right off hand. Yeah, I don't know how good it is either, but it's it is very faddish. Sure. Um, on the other hand, though, when the first time I was married, my wife actually just simply couldn't couldn't produce enough breast milk for our daughter, so mm-hmm. we we ended up relying on formula. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which which is and a I never natural really, thing. I never really did get my figure back. Ah, uh, <laughs> poor baby. You you didn't go running or anything, and you know no. jog a bit to try to get that down. That's no. that's bad. Well, I remember too. Um, my sister's friend when she had her first baby. Um, I was talking to her, and her baby had a tendency of just biting down all the time. Oh, so for her mm. it was very painful. Yeah, but she was still trying to breastfeed, and it's like, gal. <laughs> yeah, if you have an uncooperative <laughs> kid, right? What are you gonna do, right? Society too has a tendency of making it feel comfortable or uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there is a real there's a real tendency right now in this in this uh, patriarchally based society to if 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 the women have breasts, then the men tend to think in terms of, well, if it's not doing me any good and it's not mine, I don't want to see it. Yeah, that's kind of a strange thing, isn't it? Which yeah. is weird. It's. I mean, the idea. I mean, no guy has a problem going down to the beach. Yeah. Well, but uh, the first, the first pastor and the first story uh, for the pastor from over Storywood. Those are sex boobies, not feeding boobies. Right, and why? Why is it? Why do we? Sex boobies are the same thing. Why do we make a determination? Why are we making a a a split there? Right. I mean, it's it's not. It doesn't make any sense. No, I agree with that. It does not make any sense whatsoever. Cognitive dissonance. That is true, but. People are strange. When you're a stranger. Yeah, it, it, breasts are sexy yeah. up until the point that you put a kid on one. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's I, because I, that you can't get to it. <laughs> I, I, I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed that nobody said faces look ugly when you're alone. I, I don't even know if I want to know you people. I did. Mm. I did catch that reference, and I was going to mention that it. That also brings up a different factor, but more of a vampiric style of uh, mm. breastfeeding. Uh, Wait, I think, what? I, I think it has to do with uh, uh, like there a male tendency to try to like like really separate those aspects of womanhood, like the mother aspect of womanhood and the se- the sexy aspect of womanhood, and, and like try to keep that as separate as possible. I. Maybe it's a, a Western culture Christianity thing where uh, we see like the the Virgin Mary as like the the height uh, of motherhood and yeah. she's never had sex. Okay, but look at that look at that picture of Chrissy Teigen and tell me you couldn't masturbate to that. <laughs> I take <clears throat> a giggle that that's a no. <laughs> oh, I could, no problem. 
I mean, no. He could, he could tell you that. As no, he can. He oh, he can. Oh, that, okay. But only because we're on a call and he doesn't have to look you in the eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah. He yeah, giggles, okay. which means. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, you have to try to ignore the kids in the picture, but yeah. See, but I have kids. That's the kids are not an issue for me at all. <laughs> Just whip it out right in front of them. <laughs> well, it's a picture. <laughs> I don't know what you're suggesting, the you kids pervert. Are not there in the room. <laughs> yeah, you just. My kids are still sure. in Colorado. I can whip hey, it hey, out hey. wherever I want. When, when you look a at a picture, you kind of imagine head. yourself in that scene. You know. Oh, I see. What I see where you're going with this. Put a sticker over the kid. Get a little sticky. Put it on your computer screen. Works. Uh, all I was, you know, excuse us, Luna. We have some business to attend to. <laughs> all right. I'm oh, sorry. History of breastfeeding. Let's, let, 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 let's get this back on track. <laughs> yeah, let's get it back on track because she didn't put that up there for it to be, no, for it to be no, no, no. stroked to. So it's it's technically. I kid. I kid. That's, um, my point my point is simple is that she she's sexy whether she's she's sexy regardless right it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah she's a pretty lady right but yeah, but the, the the idea of of the, you know what of of trying to that we have to make this separation you know that if that if we look at it you know when when we're seeing boobs in porn that's okay for some reason well it's not okay according depending on who you ask i don't know move on <laughs> Send your hate mail to right, boobs in porn or something different than boobs being used uh, to nourish a child. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're boobs. Okay. Are we? Are we? Are we still on? Uh... <laughs> well, there's only one there that uh, these are basic references. Okay. And some references. then there's the history of breastfeeding in Canada. I don't know what the difference there is between the two, except for the Dion quintuplets, uh, which is a uh, Quints that were born in Canada, and um, they tried to say that um, because of them, uh, it gave it gave. Um, I'll let my brain work for a second here. They it gave advent for women to uh, actually breastfeed their children, and because those babies were pretty frail at first, they used uh, different. Um, fats and sugars to try to help them out and then um, after that there came on a lot more uh, baby food uh, stuff but uh, the one thing that I found interesting from that is that these quintuplet for four months they were with their family and they were made wards of the state for the next nine years under the Dion Quintuplets Guardianship Act where the Ontario, Ontario Provincial Government and those around them began to profit by making them a significant tourist attraction. Really? Yeah, I heard about that. Really? Well, that's shitty. That's almost that, that's Trumpish. Uh, yeah, that's. I learned about that a while ago, and when that came up, and I read that, it's like, whoa, those are the kids who were the girls who were uh, made into a tourist attraction because they were the first quintet. Wow. Uh, I guess it was extremely amazing to them that all five survived and they all survived to adulthood here's the thing is that if they were wards of the state that means that the state had to put up the funds to to feed and clothe them right yeah and they put them on display so well this sounds bad 
did the parents have the money to, to, to take care of all five of them? Or did this actually financially uh, help see. them? Um, father and mother lived outside of Corbeil in a farmhouse, unregistered. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, I don't care about their background. <laughs> we don't um, care what about the this stuff that makes them human. The mother thought she was carrying twins, but no one was aware that quintuplets were even possible. Born two months premature, 1938, so the doctors had a theory that later proven correct when genetic tests showed that the girls were identical, so from a single egg. Okay. There is some information here that that could indicate that the, that the parents were maybe not in they the best of circumstances. They, uh, they were... They were kept in a wicker basket, borrowed from the neighbors. They were covered with heated blankets. Um, they were set by the open door of the stove to keep warm. Wow. So yeah, they were a yeah. poor family, it does say. Yeah. So it sounds awful that the state came in, but this, they probably saved the kids' lives by doing that. It's not It's not cheap to have five kids. Mm. Well, they it, it, in, I, 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 but they put them on display. Well, okay, that's bad. Yeah. I agree that that that's 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 not good. The, I've seen uh, the first one. I've that... seen images of the lineups, uh, like outside of this house to see the kid, and it's kind of unreal. It's just like they're just five kids. What, what, are, you, what are you getting if you're you're just peeking on five kids playing? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, look at Octomom. It doesn't seem like it's really worth your money, really. I don't know. Octomom put hers on TV. Yep. <laughs> yeah. True, but that was her choice. Well, I think I remember hearing somewhere that uh, they actually, uh, at night, they would tie the kids' hands down in order to prevent them from masturbating. Probably. Uh, would be kind of par for the course during that time period. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Tourists got to observe them. How fun. Who declares computer video games an addictive behavior disorder? <laughs> I don't know. Who? <laughs> the World Health Organization. Says the dumbass. World Health Organization. <laughs> That's right, dumbass. What's what's going on here? What what is what is the World Health Organization doing? Yeah, um the the World Health Organization has uh come out and um they've basically uh come out against uh like um they they've pretty much called it a uh, mental health disorder if you if you're um uh playing video games too much and uh, certainly there are a lot of people who who can do it like uh, way in excess to the detriment of the rest of their lives, and maybe uh, you could say they have an addiction. Uh, the reason I wanted to put this in here um, is because it brings a, up an interesting question. Because like um, uh, the the DSM that set out by the Psychiatric Association, um, it, it lists uh, all sorts of uh, mental uh, health disorders and. It, the, this is a document that they spend a lot of time uh, arguing over and go, going over all different things, try, trying to figure out exactly what should and shouldn't be listed in there uh, for the purposes of treatment. Well, but um, also the DSM is about billing, right? What can you bill for treating, right? That, that That's the other piece of it. I was going to say, yeah, it's how much of this is how much of this is billable and how much of this is stuff that they're getting funding to research too. Right. Exactly. And that, follow, that's the other piece of the it. money. Right. Exactly. So if it's, you know, the DSM allows them to do certain research researches as well. Right. Here's yeah. The, the, the DSM, it, it, it is about for, for like insurance purposes and stuff, but also, you know, like um, it, you want to like classify certain things, um, especially like uh, might help, you know, what medications might be appropriate. Sure. It's necessary for sure. Right. But some of the um, 
some of the things they're saying about that, but what, what the World Health Organization is saying here, some of the critics are saying, listen, once again, it's not the video gaming. It's, it's other stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, they're, they're pointing back to, um, to depression and, and other disorders, right? And, and once again, a lot of people are, are recognizing that the game playing is a symptom, not the, not the actual problem. And it's important to identify what the actual problem is. Is it actually the game or is there an underlying problem? And this is the outlet, right? And and that's important when it comes to treatment. And so if if the World Health Organization is wrong, and it's not actually the game that's the issue, and it really is some other disorder, then if people are treating it based on the World Health Organization's recommendations, then they'd be treating the wrong thing. And so it's important yeah. to sit down with a, a therapist, somebody who's trained to identify this stuff before you just start going, oh, he's addicted to video games. He's addicted to this. He's addicted to that. No, addiction... Is is a is a diagnosis and a disorder that requires a professional, right? And um, one thing I'm wondering about it seems kind of strange. Who exactly is this uh, statement meant to inform? Yeah, I is, don't know. Is it meant to inform the the um, therapist, the health, the mental health community, because they they've already got uh, their own classifications and everything going on here. They they know how to treat this kind of thing. Are they trying to like send out the word? Do they think that uh, video games are particularly pernicious right now, or something? Something that we really need to focus on? So I don't know. They have even some... their their own literature says that no more than three percent of gamers fall into this category. However, they define that. This so, is a worry for some parents these days. Though, yeah, it is. As as it does become more prevalent for well, more prevalent per se to persons viewpoint so this is that this is, uh youth are doing it more this is an update Sorry. to so, the, it, it, yeah, this is an update to the icd so. which is the internal classification of disease so this is something that that the that the world health, health organization puts out they, they put out the icd and so this is going into the icd 11 and they're not saying like, everybody who plays video games either that that they're it's kind of an extreme case even even for them right it's it's not casual yeah. gaming that uh, we're talking and, about What's the what's the purpose of the ICD? What's it supposed to accomplish? Because I think it's similar we already to the have DSM, categories right? of disease and stuff. Is it not their version of the DSM? I, I don't know actually what it is. I, I guess I need to know more before I start tearing it apart. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, um, this is through CBC uh, News, Canadian News. So yeah, that's this is the source that I got. It's false news. It's false news. It's uh, false news. Oh, okay, right, because it's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Fox. It's also on CNN. The, 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 it's it's everywhere, right? The the particular the story that yeah, I put in the show notes just happens to be CBC. Mm-hmm. Well, the the doctor uh, said uh, Doctor Henrietta Bowden Jones, who's a spokesperson for um, uh, the Britain's Royal College of Psychiatrists, not connected to the Who decision, but she said uh, we come across parents who are distraught, not only because they're seeing their child drop out of school because they're seeing an entire family structure fall apart. And um, so I, I guess maybe the uh, World Health Organization is significantly concerned about this kind of thing. It, it does seem like it, yeah. It, it seems like there's not enough, like I've looked up a couple other articles, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of information about the rationale behind uh, making this kind of determination. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking um, at this stuff on the, on, the, um, on the World Health Organization website, and I'm not, I'm not sure... You know, they're responding to parents' concerns, right? But that, but that doesn't mean that 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 the games are the problem. Once again, and what concerns me 
about this is that much like, you know, people will go around declaring sexual addiction a thing, that that by the World Health Organization putting this in the IDC, that, that now, you know, parents are free to, to, to classify their kids with it with an addiction. And, and that's the problem is that it has to be done by a professional. Even if this is a real thing, right, it still has to be properly diagnosed. And so whether they're right or wrong, right? The situation is, though, is that an awful lot of <clears throat> they are in this, they are saying specifically teenagers or kids or Young whatsoever. Adults. But this is a situation where, like you said, people get into an addicted to something for one reason or another and it, it's not specifically what they're doing that is the problem it's the factor that they have some some underlying reason that they are continuing on doing this to the detriment of themselves not eating not drinking uh, not taking care of their children uh, for actual adults who have children and a life and a wife or a husband or whatsoever who are not dealing with everyday situations, not even their own anything, let alone eating, in order to just play these games. But that could be just the same thing when it comes to, you know, going out and working on a car or going out and partying with your friends. Uh, it's all basically the same thing. You get addicted to avoid something else or you just, really like that and it's more like an, addicted. It's, it's like an anecdotal addiction right you know like people saying oh i'm so addicted to this or i'm so addicted <laughs> to that right no it, it dilutes and, and it these dilutes are situations it. where it's detrimental can be to themselves and can be detrimental to themselves and to others depending on how far they personally take it not the not the fault of the item it's the fact that the person that did not sound good. It, it, it's, it's fine. I understand. I mean, it, it, the bottom line is that, that people will <clears throat> colloquially use these things to, to, to declare somebody else has a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And, th- and, that, and that's, that, and that's the danger of not understanding what's actually going on and not having the proper information. Who, who are they saying right. might actually have this problem? Right. And a lot of it's on teens. Right. Exactly. But, it just, be, just because a teen is playing video games regularly doesn't mean they have a problem, right? Yeah. I, it's determining that 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 really. Ha- I mean, that I don't. Any sort of addiction needs to be determined by a professional, right? Whether whether they're yeah, right or wrong, it it does give people the opportunity to label teens. Having that a and that and that's that's my issue. That, that's what that's scares me. Yep. Yeah. You know what we need is some kind of a program for kids who are addicted to video games. Yeah, you know, something like the Dare program, right? Yeah, because that's been so successful, hasn't it? Yep. So yeah, so while we're talking about addiction, Dare. So here, here's a program, and uh, so this so origin, the original words were uttered by Nancy Reagan in 1982, where a child asked asked her, "What should I do if somebody asked, to, you know, asked me to take drugs?" And she says, "Just say no." And from there, I bet that, that was staged. <laughs> It very well could have been. I don't know. You could be. You could be so right about that. So the the program was originally started by um, the LAPD chief of police, um, Daryl Gates, and the program was developed by um, by Dr. Ruth Rich, um, and she was the uh, director of health and education education specialist for the for the district. The program was um, 
so there was a developed from a so who knows what dare stands for yeah so it's the um drugs are really evil drugs uh, <laughs> uh, good, good try yeah no uh, i like I had, that drug awareness resistance education yeah so i had that right so there so that was anyway so but it was developed from another program called smart that was at the uh was at the university of i don't know US, usc so it was a USC project, and the director of the project was uh, Andy Johnson. So they went to him to talk to him about the SMART project, and and both. Uh, and I, I think that project just tells you if your hard drive is bad, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a different kind of SMART, but, uh, I, but I'm so glad that you conflated the two. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and actually, that program works. Actually, SMART might work too. I don't know, but it was it was still in development, and. Uh, and so Daryl wanted, um, so uh, Gates wanted the program to be run by police officers, and the people on the Smart Project had an issue with that. That they, they they didn't think that that was necessarily a good idea. But but uh, he felt, and and actually, and Rich Ruth Rich felt that it would give the program an air of authority if if a police officer was coming in and saying it. And I think that the research shows that that's not necessarily the case. Um, that, uh, and we'll, I will get to that later. So anyway, so, so they took the smart program, which was being, which was still in development, right? So it wasn't even done. And, and without the, um, without the oversight of Johnson, who was working on the project, they developed their own project. And that was, is what became dare and smart at that time had two separate pro two separate pieces that they combined into one. One of them was an education piece. The other was um, you know the the kind of how to say no piece, the the, the role playing piece. But it seems to me that that what what Dare did is it it came in and it tried to educate people on how how bad these these drugs were, and they did it did a few of the of the role playing stuff, but not a lot of it. Um, as of and and so even though right right from the beginning, um, parents and and teachers really liked the program, and so it got funding from the national. Uh, Institute of Justice, and so they funded the funded the program. And the problem is, right out of the gate, though, scientists had a problem with it. They were saying it didn't work, um, and they didn't care. They moved forward with it because of its popularity. They continued to fund it because it was popular, not because it was shown to work. Um, but I've got a lot typical of typical politics, right? Typical politics. It became a, a more of a political issue. So, so now we have the program that we know from from its inception was scientifically flawed and not working. Um, and in 1995, when it was kind of at its heyday, it was costing, well, maybe that wasn't its heyday, but it was costing uh, $200 million in 1995 for a program that doesn't work. Um, so, but so they started doing research on what kind of programs actually did work. Um, and what it came down to is that the programs that worked well had a lot of, had a lot of teacher-student interaction and they would do a lot of um, role playing and simulation, and some of it was to, to develop one of the one of the issues with the Dare program is that it didn't help kids develop the interpersonal skills that would make this lasting and effective. And the other the other complaint about the project uh, program is that it was actually too short. So they would go into classrooms and they would spend anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour with these kids over several months, and but it only lasted through elementary school. So as soon as they got to junior high and high school, they were on their own again. There was no program that continued with these kids to continue to help them say no to drugs. And so that's been, that's one of the complaints of the problem 
is that you actually have to continue to educate the kids and keep it in their awareness. And you can't just do it for a, for a few months. It has to be a regular thing. And one of the and the other thing that that seems to work is that you're constantly working with the kids, you know, and and every and you have every kid, you know, put them into the situation of being, you know, um, you know, would you like to have drugs? And they have to say no. And it seems like the, the dare kind of missed that role playing piece. And that that piece of it seems to be even more important than telling them about the drugs and actually telling them, giving them so much information about about, you know, the crack, the cocaine and the high end drugs um, actually seem to have a boomerang effect in some cases where you would see a kid more likely to try some of the some drugs like, you know, alcohol, cigarettes and marijuana. So it, so it, it didn't work. Um, and so the, it, the program was, uh, was threatened to be defunded. Was it 2003? Oh, here, this one, this one blew my mind. Um, the DARE, DARE was funded with the federal, state, and local taxes in 2003. DARE was costing an estimate, estimation between $200 million and $2 billion. They don't even know exactly how much they were spending on the program, which, which may, which that, that's quite a range me. there. That's a huge range. So it's like, well, what the heck is going on with that money that, that they don't actually know how much, uh, how much money it was getting? That, that was astonishing. They to were me. buying hammers? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were buying up the drugs. Um, so at some point... They, they were just having like spot chats on the kid. Some guy's walking around. Hey, kid, want some drugs? Yeah. Oh, oh you almost caught me. So it, it got an overhaul, um, what, 2001? Um, it, they started to overhaul it because at some point they came in and said, okay, we're, we're, we're going to review all the programs and we're going to um, decide which ones work and we're going to fund those. And D.A.R.E. didn't make the cut. So only at that point, when they were when they were about to be defunded, that did they finally say, "Oh, okay, we'll, we'll give in." You know, some of the quotes in here is that they they, they said that they, it, when it was started, it was done with the best science at the time. No, it wasn't. It was it was based on flawed science because they, they, with the people that were actually doing the science, they wouldn't have contact with them because because what they were doing wasn't sanctioned by the people developing the programs in the first place. So they were doing this on their own with no input from experts. Um, so from the beginning, the, it was flawed. They, they say now that it, it's more science-driven, um, I guess, of, as 2000 level. But the Stossel report, which I think came out in May, um, still seems to think that these programs are ineffective and that they're not having um, – that they're, they're not working. Uh, the, the article that I read said that there was some scientific evidence showing that it was that, – that it was working. Um, but I, I – how well these programs work is extremely questionable, and Dare is still on that questionable end of the scale. They they, they were so they they butt heads for so long with, with scientists, and they covered a, they covered a, they covered stuff up that the 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 the, um, the Institute of of Justice, the National Institute of Justice, they they originally did a study, and in the initial study didn't show that it worked, but they funded it anyway because it was popular, right? So once again, we're back to politics. And, and, and so all the evidence showing how neglectful they were in, in actually rigging it and seeing if this was a rigorous study and actually worked, they didn't do it. Oh, well they, I mean, it was done, but they covered it up. They covered up any information that said that D.A.R.E. wasn't working and, con- so, and continued to take the funding because it was popular with parents and teachers. I remember seeing something, somebody, uh, I think it was a comedian or it was a piece of, uh, it, was, it was a meme, one or the other, but basically... They were saying if the if there's one problem with the Dare program, it's that I was 
never offered drugs by strangers nearly as much as it said I would be. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> so the, one of the other complaints is that they they uh, they would deal with they they would over um, hype the drugs and and how dangerous they are, and kids see right through the bullshit, right? And now, of course, with the internet, oh, yeah. we can go look and see is it actually true. Well, kids get curious about something that you sure. tell them is bad, they're going to get curious about it. Well, and that might contribute to the backlog, uh, the boomerang effect as well that we see with these programs that, um, that you know, that people... So so the programs seem to have two effects, either nothing and people were doing doing drugs at the same rate or they were doing, they were doing you know, alcohol, cigarettes, and marijuana at a higher rate and they, maybe they were keeping away from the harder drugs. But even that, I guess that I would even call a win, right? So you're driving some kids to drugs, but maybe at least you're keeping away from the crack and cocaine? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. All I know is growing up, I I had the impression that – growing up, I had the impression that there were shady guys in trench coats and hiding in dark alleyways by the school going, hey, kid, first hit's free. (laughs) Exactly, right? The first days is free. Mm -hmm. Where are these guys? Uh, I don't know, but – I knew a gal in uh, high school who did actually come up to me and ask me if I wanted some drugs and such because they thought I was a druggie. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> then learned later that my brother was smoking up in the uh, bathroom outside of my room. So I'd go to the bathroom in the morning and I'd be stoned anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that till later. <laughs> Feeling a little lightheaded today. So the other thing, um, so we've got all this going on, right? But of course, now Colorado is, of course, the the petri dish, you know, of drugs rights. And so they, they so because marijuana is legal, now they they have to work even harder to keep kids off of drugs, right? So they have they have a new anti drug campaign, and it's fucking phenomenal. I I don't know who I don't know whose wet dream this is, but it is so awesome. The campaign is don't be a lab rat. And they've set up these large hamster cages that are supposed that are supposed to educate people on on, you know, basically that if they're doing marijuana, they're basically being a big lab rat for, you know, for uh, I guess for other states. I I don't exactly know who who the scientists are. They're doing the tests on them. So (laughs) this huge hamster cage. With this big water bottle and everything, oh my god, it's it is it's fabulous. I I don't I don't I, I, can this work? Do you guys think this is this can possibly affect it? Telling kids not to be a lab rat and then and then put up this big uh, this big old cage like this? Uh, I well, I, it's, it's it's interesting, but I don't think that uh, that seems like a kind of fear mongering to me, and it doesn't really have much substance behind it. I agree. I I totally agree. I I really don't know, considering the factor. That- that all that bit with the um, with the children in cages thing the last couple of weeks ago, I was saying that it didn't look like they had water. What were they going to do? Put up, you know, water things like in a hamster cage. Which and, so, but it, that making <laughs> looking at that it reminds me of probably the most famous anti drug commercial of all time. This is your brain. Eggs on. This is your brain on drugs. This is your brain on drugs with a side of bacon. It just just <laughs> makes you hungry. Oh my god! <laughs> However, mm. the one the one thing that I'm I I'm hungry for brains. Like, <laughs> exactly. When they first when they first opened, um, were starting to open up and allow the uh, sale of marijuana down in the states. There was one where it was uh, hit, or did we talk about that with the uh, girl guides 
selling cookies outside of the place they were selling the uh the I think we talked about that at one point yeah. okay yeah that one <laughs> that i love my favorite satire piece of this is the robot chicken this is your brain this is your brain on drugs it's if you've not seen the robot chicken version of this i will make sure this is in the show notes no, uh, yeah you uh I'll put that in for that and for ourselves as well yeah because uh, i, I want to see it <laughs> yeah. i think i've seen it but i don't I'll, I'll make sure that he gets into the shot. It, it's just fantastic. The robot chicken. I mean, because she she breaks the egg and then she starts bashing everything in, and oh my god, it's it's hilarious. Robot chicken does some just fantastic stuff, but but the the, the whole this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs from robot trick robot chicken is is a must see. It, it's my favorite parody of that whole campaign. But I think in general <laughs> that that whole campaign is is has probably never worked right. It was just one big sensational piece that um, lives on, right? It, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's just hilarious. I don't think it's ever stopped anybody from taking drugs. I think it's, um, it, it's seen as the failure that it is, but it will live on forever because, oh my God, is it funny? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, does Dare work now? I don't know. And it's still, and, and if it does, how effective is it? We, we, we just don't know. And one of the problems is that Dare is rewriting itself. It's trying to, it's still trying to make itself, you know, a viable program. But while it's doing that, we're paying millions, maybe billions of dollars to keep it funded for a program that we still are not positive actually helps to keep kids off of drugs. And if you, I, I bet if you took that money that, that it was making instead of putting it into, you know, uh, you know, uh, something you, that works. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, make sure that everybody's getting fed. You, Use that money, you know, to do something else um, might be more effective in keeping kids off of drugs. Making sure that maybe that their family lives are more stable would probably keep them off, more likely to keep them off of drugs. You know, I mean, it's just actually having meals for them at school, right? Stuff like that for a while. Yeah, they still do that in Colorado and some some places. But yeah, I think take that two billion dollars and make sure that they, you know, that these kids are being properly fed and clothed. And, and try to actually put that money, you know, into poor communities where it actually help might be better at keeping kids off of drugs. Right. I mean, yeah, it just I, I think that I think it was I think all of what they were doing pretty much in the 80s and 90s about trying to um, uh, get kids off of drugs. It was really like an overreaction. I think um, oh, yeah. the, the reality of kids doing drugs is nowhere near as sinister as. Uh, the media wanted to try to make it out to be just to scare parents. No, and actually, in the the um, don't be a lab rat campaign actually addresses that very thing, and that they're trying not to be sensational with the with the information that they're giving out and trying to keep it you know trying to keep it fact based and stuff like that. But I, but then they go and put a big hamster cage up. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I I, I the think hamster that, cage sounds like fun. Oh though. my god, it looks it looks awesome. They should put if they put a hamster wheel in there, you know. Maybe they will keep kids off of drugs. Give them hey, something that's else exercise. to do. Hey, that's exactly. Exercise. If you keep the hamster wheels in there, then they they won't do drugs and they also won't masturbate. There you go. Problem solved. Kids need hamster wheels. I I, I just I just solved the masturbation problem and the drug problem all in one swing. Hamster wheels. There you go. But give them separate uh, slurpy 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 cups. <laughs> well, we don't want cohabitating in in the um in the the. The wheels either, right? The hamster wheels so, must be, you know, uh, you they know. must be clean and maintained properly. Yeah, and it's either so men or women, right? We eat. we want men or women hamster wheels. No, no cohabitating. 
No, I don't care about men or women, <laughs> just that they don't break their little legs off. Oh, okay. Well, you know, make them safe. I believe this was how they displayed the quintuplets, right? <laughs> put put them in a giant hamster cage. in yard and everything. Oh, where my God. Watch the children play. <laughs> the kids run the generator that, that powers the house. Hey! Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I don't think we, we I, I think we're done. Is there anything else that we want to cover here? Nope. <laughs> you think no. we flogged? You think we flogged this dead horse hard enough? I think so. I I, I think we, we can end on the the uh, dares of failure and uh, and you know I think we're good. All that to say, you know, all, all that to say, it it is a real issue. K- kids and drugs is is an actual issue, right? It's just a matter of that is how, how, what is the best way to deal with it. And I I don't think that that we haven't hit on it yet. And 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 dare doesn't work. Um, and maybe it does now. Yeah, I think it's a, it's just a thing. Uh, people, a, a lot of people who are putting these things together just imagine that they can just, you know, like think up uh, something to do that looks like they're being active and they don't need to actually, um, they, they think they can just do it out of their own heads and they don't don't need to actually look at the science behind it or well, anything. And that's pretty I much think what that's they a did. Lot of, yeah. A problem in a lot of social advocacy area. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Right. It clearly happened here with Dare. I mean, the, 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 those those people they they went and talked to to the experts. The experts said, "Well, we have an issue with 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 your piece of the plan," and they and they said, "Well, this is what we're going to do it." And they they ignored the experts and did their own thing and made an unscientific you know dare program, right? So it's kind of the danger yes, of the uh, of the impulse to just just do something already without uh, going through uh, any sort of uh, procedure or. Um, trying to actually study the problem, people uh, people more respect action, even when the the action being taken uh, hasn't really uh, proven itself to be the correct course of action. Yeah, exactly. And so, what I mean, what should happen with there right now is it should be defunded. It should go back to the drawing board. It should it should develop the curriculum that they think is going to work. They should test it, and then if it works, then it can be re-implemented instead of leaving an implemented program that we're not sure if it works. Sometimes we have to make the hard choices. And and I think that that that's the hard choice that that should be made in the in the case of Dare is that they need to go back and show uh, show efficacy before they move forward and before we continue to yeah. Play. But there's no political will to do that because nope. if you if you uh, if you try to propose you know defunding a, a system like that, like there, there's automatically assumption in there that oh they're telling kids not to do drugs. This is a good thing, uh, right. and people are just gonna protest and there will nobody wants to stick their neck neck out and say. We need to scrap this. No, and, and because oh, it would be seen as an attack on. on kids. Come on, guys. you got to do something about it. Keep kids off drugs. Do something, even if it's wrong. A- exactly. And that's exactly because what Because at least doing. you're yeah. doing something. Hamster wheel. The hamster wheel. Back to my hamster wheel idea, right? Exactly. The I region. agree. Yeah, let's fund that. Let's go for the hamster wheel. Fund hamster wheels all the way around. You know, I mean, we have hamster wheels for cats and dogs now. <laughs> And on that bombshell, say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. That's another one in the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennel. 
Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.